Hello, it's Emily Schramm with another incredible Meathead Hippie podcast. And I am just so thrilled because I feel like we've been on motherfucking fire. So really grateful for uh, these guests that are coming into my life, usually because I met them through somebody and it was just always, I'm just so lucky. So this is no exception, which I will get into his introduction in just a second. But um, I had a couple things I wanted to tell you first. So The first thing, if you are not signed up for my free, F-R-E-E, Waffle Fry Free Strength Program, it is an eight-day program that just teaches you about perfecting or learning or starting strength training. It's Get Strong 101. Go to emilyshram.com, hit Start Here with M, which is on the top of the website, and it'll send you to the directly to the page. It's so easy to sign up. Uh, if you have any issues, just email us. We want everyone involved because over Thanksgiving, which is when this will be going on, it is important to understand that I don't care about how much you drink or how much you eat or how much of grandma's cookies that you have. And I kind of care, but for the most part, I don't. And the best thing to do when you eat too much is actually to lift weights. And so we are just so excited about putting this challenge together. You'll see my beautiful new gym, Platform Strength, sign up. Uh, The second thing is that I'm obsessed with this quote and I want to share it with you. I posted it and I just want to make sure everyone hears it because it's just so damn good. All right, take this in. You must teach your sense of self to stand on its own two feet instead of propped on the views of every person that you meet. That's your quote of the day. That's all I got. You can take what you want with that. I did a whole post on this on Instagram, so I'm not going to get into that again, but I'm just obsessed with it. And my third and final thing before I introduce Brian Nunez is uh, we just, I'm just so impressed with my shirt people because, you know, we have five companies and different designs and all this stuff. We have new swag and it is so dope. We have good human swag. We have hoodies with actual pockets. We restocked our old hoodies. We have baseball tees. And then my most exciting new thing that I just created is called phases of the entrepreneur. And it's a moon shirt and I'm just obsessed with it. So go check it out when you hit, um, emilystrom.com. Start here with M. You'll see swag pop up. It's really easy to find and I'm just stoked. So be sure to go check it out. All right. Our guest again is incredible. Met him through Mary at Paleo Chef. If she, if you haven't listened to her podcast, we mention it and it's a great one to dig into after this. If you are a new listener or you're just not sure really where to start, Brian Nunez is an internationally recognized industry leader and award-winning presenter inspiring coaches, companies, and clients all over the world, living, making, helping them live a focused, fit, and free lifestyle. He is the best-selling author, Nike master trainer, and successful entrepreneur. Brian is one of the most sought-after coaches in the world specializing in athletic performance, mental conditioning, and business leadership. He is the founder of FNS Training Center, voted 2016, 2017, 2018 Silicon Valley's top training facility that provides a -a one-of-a-kind team training experience along with personal training, nutrition coaching, and mental conditioning. Brian lives in Santa Cruz, California with his wife, Parisa, and his five-year-old daughter, Isabella Isabella June. Oh, that's the just cutest name. You're going to love him. Please listen. Please enjoy. And then um, I think the best podcasts really that resonate with this theme uh, is the one with Mary from Paleo Chef. 
and the one with James Clear. So if you're new to Meathead Hippie, dig into those, add them to your playlist. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy. (laughs) I'm Emily Schramm, the ultimate Meathead Hippie. Welcome to the show. Brian Nunez, welcome to the MVP podcast. I'm so happy to meet you, even though uh, we haven't met in person. I feel like I know you from following you on all your inspirational things that you are doing. So thank you for being a part of this podcast today. I am so honored uh, and so grateful. Again, like you said, I feel like we are, we're we're already connected. I think that that's the, that's the spiritual connection we already have. You know, when you're setting putting out good vibes every day, uh, like you're doing. You, you constantly get attracted to those type of people. So I want to first thank you for doing that because that is discipline. I know how much that takes to do and, and to give that energy every single day. So before anything else, I just want to acknowledge you and um, and appreciate you for, for spreading good vibes to the world daily. I really appreciate that. See, everyone who's like the most inspiring human you're probably going to meet. And I knew it when Mary, it was uh, the Thing you did with Nike this summer, correct? And that's really yeah. when I started seeing you speaking. And um, I know that you and Mary know each other from Paleo Chef. You guys know I've interviewed her a couple times, and it's just I can just tell you're a you're a good human. And what was the what was the event you did this summer with her that looked so rad that you, whatever you guys did was awesome? Yeah, it was amazing. So Nike put on um, this is the 30 year anniversary for Just Do It, the slogan Just Do It. And so the summer was all about em- empowering people to chase their crazy dreams. And so what they did was they built a pop-up gym in uh, right in Hollywood for eight weeks. And it was, it was absolutely amazing. So you had all components of fitness. You had uh, training, recovery, uh, nutrition, mindset. And you know, Mary, she was the head chef of the on-site kitchen, which was absolutely amazing because she's one of the most amazing individuals I've ever met. And so it was great. We got a chance to see work with a lot of different groups, pro athletes, student athletes, um, fitness enthusiasts, trainers, and really just kind of come together for eight weeks and, uh, and support each other in, in kind of elevating to the next level. So it was, it was Nike doesn't do anything small. So it was a really cool experience for eight weeks. I loved it. I loved following it too. And that's really where I was like, he has to be a meathead hippie. And I remember, uh, so we have just, you know, it's kind of the end of the year where people are starting to, I don't know, kind of be more hibernating, <laughs> hibernating yeah. individuals and kind of be around family and not care as much about goals. And not to say that that's not, that's a bad thing, but it's been interesting because the last few guests I've had on meathead hippie have been the most inspiring people I've talked to and you, you are no exception. And as I dig through your stuff, some of the biggest things, you know, whether it's through the stories of you speaking, um, I love this concept and I want you to just jump right into this of a life of a hundred over one and really that message that you speak and what that means, because I think this is something that needs to be heard no matter what time of year it is, especially for those followers that are listening that are starting their own career or they are, you know, unhappy in a career that they have or just starting off on a fitness journey and not really even really sure if it's working. And it's, I think that this is just going to speak to it. So what is, what does that mean? A hundred over one? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's basically my balance formula. Um, you know, we, we've been, we've been programmed our whole life and we hear it all the time, you know, this idea of work-life balance, mm-hmm. right? 
you know, it's oh, I just need more work-life balance, and and I just I just think it's complete like bullshit. I, I'm I don't, so glad I don't, you said I, that. I do too. <laughs> just the way programming the people. There's no such thing as work-life balance. I, I believe I, there's, there's just life balance, and but a lot of times we try to compartmentalize life uh, in a 25 year, 25, 25, 25, or 33, 33, or 10, 10, 10. However, however you want to slice it and dice it up. Um, but the reality is, is um, I believe that we all are looking for some balance in some aspect. And I, but, but I believe that is a harmonious balance within ourselves of understanding who we are being content, that balance internally of, of, of not doing something, but feeling guilty for something else, right? Being so, um, being so dialed in and content with who we are. And so the hundred over one is really my balance formula. And my, when I share and I speak with our people, and it was really, it was really powerful for me because I was kind of always kind of doing a lot of things at once, um, all the time, you know, growing up, uh, having ADHD and being all over the place and every label that you can, you can, uh, you can say to me, and it was one of those things that what was a disadvantage growing up is actually my advantage now is that my hyper focus is now dialed into 100% of my energy into one thing. And that's what that 100 over one principle is all about is no matter what you're doing, if you put all of your energy, 100% of your energy and your focus into one thing at a time, what most people will realize is that they will get so much done. I mean, 10x done in, in, a tenth of the time that it would take them normally. Because a lot of times we're in places, but we're not in places. Like they, we're, we go to the gym, but we're not really there, right? We're thinking about our kids or emails or something else. And, and that's what I talk about all the time is that, you know, when I'm at work, I can do nothing for my daughter. I can do nothing for my wife. I can do nothing for other things other than what I'm focused on in that moment. And when I started to get obsessed, when I started becoming obsessed with certain things, and that can be a word that scares people, and, and for a lot of people, it's a negative word. Oh, that person's obsessed. I mean, the most obsessed people I know are the most impactful people I know yeah. um, on their journey, on their mission, on their fitness, on, on whatever they are accomplishing in life. They, there is a level of obsession. Um, and when I became more obsessed, and I think when people become more obsessed, they become more balanced in their life. So it's almost an, uh, an oxymoron. In, of those two terms. And that's really kind of what that, what that hundred over one principle is all about. I love that. Would you, would you say, like you said, when you grew up and kind of this go, go, like a little bit all over the place personality that you had, was that something, did, were you searching for something you were obsessed about? Or was it just, you like to have a lot of things to do? Cause I'm somebody that wears all the hats, right? So I love being able to have lots of hobbies and lots of things. And I think sometimes people maybe get that confused with like what they actually really are passionate about because of fear or because of um, maybe it's just not fits right, but they're trying to make it work. I guess what I would, my question is when you felt like, like what was the tipping point of if I put a hundred percent of my energy into this, I see it explode versus a little bit of my energy or being scattered all over the place. Yeah, I think what I, it's a great question. I mean, I've just I've constantly been a go 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 type of person, and I'm not saying a go go like a go getter. I'm I'm the person who wants to, you know. I mean, I just been I just it's hard for me to sit still in things, just my nature in general. So I need to constantly move in, and it's you know now and as an adult and and having multiple businesses that I'm working on, it's like as a kid I was running around doing a bunch of stuff. Now as an adult, it's like it's a different platform. But I think what was happening is that what I would see is. 
by thinking that I'm doing all these things, oh, I'm busy here, I'm busy here, I'm busy here. And, you know, busy is a four letter word for waste of freaking time. I mean, it's like anybody can be busy, right? It's easy to be busy. Like that's, that's really easy. Being busy is not a problem. Um, that, I mean, being busy, just being busy is a problem, but that's not, it's not that hard, but being productive is hard. That's the tough part, right? How do you turn that busy work into productivity? And so, um, what, what I really just had to, what, what I had to discipline myself and being, Hey, when I'm in this moment, when I'm in this meeting, when I'm, when I'm, uh, in this conversation with somebody, when I'm out to dinner, when I'm having dinner with my family at home, I've got to be a hundred percent dialed in because I don't have these opportunities that come up. So I may have built only meet with somebody every once in a while, or I may have only to get a workout and I only work out once a day. I've got to maximize that opportunity because there's nothing worse. And as I'm sure that you know, it, and it goes well, doing something, but you're just at 15%. Like you're not, you're not investing all of your energy into that space at that given time. And what I was realizing going through some of the stuff, like I was in places, but I wasn't really in those places. I wasn't in the moment. I wasn't in the experience. And so that's when, that's when I was starting to feel like unfulfilled. I was feeling like, man, I'm not real. I'm not able to make more of an impact. But what I realized is that I was the problem. My attention was the problem. My focus was the problem. My investment in those experiences was the problem because I was thinking that I was being so you know, busy in my head trying to multitask, which is crap. And you just, it's very, it's, it's, it's you know, studies show you there's, it's multitasking in a certain, in a certain task is actually far less beneficial than most people think it is. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that was one of those things where the shift saying, Hey, I, I need to really challenge myself. And that challenge, you know, when I started this couple of years ago was like, I need to be obsessed in this moment. I need to eliminate distractions. So that was one of the biggest things that, you know, people can say it, but the practical piece that I would share with, you know, you and your audience, like I had to eliminate distractions. I had to get my, put myself in a position to win. So like, I don't even have notifications on my phone. I got one notification from my wife. So just in case anything <laughs> bad happens, yeah, um, you're there. I, I want to know. Right. And so, um, but I don't have social media notifications. None of that stuff is because I know me, like, I know that's a, I know that's a, a weakness of mine. Like, you know, I'm like Dory. Yes. yes. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Like, so if I already know that about me, I can, I can, I can create uh, now an environment that helps me go really fast, that helps eliminate the things that aren't really important. Because a lot of times the things that were distracting me, they just weren't important. I mean, a notification on a, on a Facebook or Instagram, a comment, a lot, I mean, these things slow us down. Yes. And, and worse, you know, if I'm in a conversation with somebody or, or out to dinner with somebody, I want to give them 100% of my attention. There's nothing worse than being with someone, but not really being with them. That is, yes, this resonates so strongly because I, um, are you familiar with the Enneagram? Uh, yes, yes. So I'm just all in it right now and I am absolutely a seven. So I get this Enneagram quote of the day or message of the day for sevens. And every single day is about how the only way I've learned how to live is looking into the future, which avoids me being in the present. And so this is something that like, I can start thinking of all these situations of like, yeah, I was at this event and I traveled and I did this and this and this, but did I experience it? Do I remember, do I remember the smells? Do I remember what that person wore? Do I remember what I drank? Like we, we tend to just 
be like, yes, we're in the moment, we're trying. But if we don't actually consciously make an effort, it doesn't happen because it's it's hard for us to do today. And so I remember just being like, oh, I, so I'm very grateful that we're going to talk about some like practicality of this because I know that so many people struggle with it. And I think social media, I said this in a talk recently, it's like training us to even be shorter and shorter, you know, our attention spans we used to be able to do a minute and now we can only do four seconds and we just tend to get sucked into like the mechanisms that we're being sucked into are actually training us to have shorter attention spans in, in the way that they operate. And I think we're allowing it to. And so it's just so frustrating because it's like, we have this divide of people that are being really mindful like you and being present. And then people going the opposite way where it's like more social media, more marketing. And so it's, I think it's just a great conversation to have. What it, for you, you know, as you start to transition into being a hundred percent in the moment, what are some of the ways that you were like, this is so helpful for me besides notifications when you're actually with somebody, um, you know, everyone has this noise in our head. And I think that's the hardest thing to like, just turn off and just be still. Are you a meditator? Do you have um, ways that you like, snap yourself back into the moment what are some ways that are really helpful for you yeah it's a great question um because i think that's the biggest the, the most important piece is you know what can people practically do and i think that um a lot of times we overcomplicate it or we think okay i need to reset i need to go away i need to go to bali or i need to go to you know thailand and and reset and reconnect and you know that's not going to be that's not practical for a lot of people right yeah. um you know, what's the most practical thing that helped me is, you know, something that I do every single day. Um, every single day, I even share it on uh, on my stories are my focus of the day is what I call Oh, it. yay. I was going to ask you about these. <laughs> Good. And so, um, and so, you know, that for me, those focus of the days for me is I'm sharing mine with the world. I'm not telling what the world what here's what your focus needs to be for the day, right? They're just kind of watching, like getting a chance to Hey, here's mine. Um, and so that was, in, that was so important for me is because that, that bit of, of, of meditation, right? I think that a bit of, you know, the meditation is, is to, to be mindful within, right? And to help kind of steer your moral compass and to steer your focus in the direction in which your, your, your heart is really speaking to you. And getting those two on the same page is, I'm, I'm a firm believer on those two have to be on the same page, the head and the heart. And um, head helps with the navigation. The heart is the engine that fuels that, that thing to keep moving. And so listening within and then saying, and let, letting, letting the brain do its job saying, okay, well, now let's understand our resources, our strengths, our weaknesses. But every day is so important for me to set that intention of the day and which are what I call the focus of the day. And so that, that, that's my, that is my, um, that grounds me for when things pop up throughout the day. So I, I share it, I write it down. Um, you know, in my game planner. So I know exactly like, okay, here's, I got to stay in line with this. And so I don't just throw something out. This is a cool quote. I like this. Like I, I got to really observe like what's going on today. How are you feeling? Um, and it's a way for me to create my lane. I think, you know, so many times we hear this phrase, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, but most people have not created their lane. So they don't know what, the, what that means. Yeah. So Staying in your lane sounds good, but there needs to be a create your lane first, then to stay in the lane in which you created. I love that. Yeah. The reality is you got to create that every day, right? It's like a workout. I mean, focus is a muscle. It is, it is, it is conditioning. It is discipline. If you do not 
take care of that, which I believe is the, is the root of being fit in anything, is the focus in which somebody has towards something. It's that attention, it's that discipline, it's that, it's the, it's, you know, it's being able to be so mindful of something. Um, the person who's extremely fit is because they're probably extremely focused. They're focused on, on, on their, on their schedule, on their workouts, on their programming, on their food, but there's a level of focus. They don't just kind of like, Hey, I'm just going to wing it all the time. That person's probably not, not having a lot of success. So uh, the very long, long answer oh to the God. question there is, is like, uh, start with, start with the intention. I think that will really set people free. That's the first step to setting people free is, um, in a lot of things, not in, in the comparison game in the competing game and the, um, I'm not like this other person. It's when that starts to happen, you start to really build a stronger wall of what your lean is. You start to become really happy for yourself and actually really happy for a lot of people because you realize their level of success is great, but it's not at all what you want. And it's a, it's a different lane. There's no comparison when it's 100%. Just, yeah. I, you said I'm writing notes because I just you just so you know you dropped like 20 quotable things right there that was so good and I want to like everyone rewind and listen to this again in case you missed this because this is so important I think the first thing you said was your head and your heart have to connect and I think that so many times you know it's like it's even the example of gratitude right so like okay I'm gonna write three things I'm grateful for and this is supposed to make me happier it's proven right by science and I think the issue is if you express gratitude in your head, but your heart doesn't actually feel it, does it really resonate? And it doesn't because your head can say something, but if you don't feel it, nothing, nothing comes to light with that. And so I, I'm really obsessed with that and that's a whole rabbit hole, but I would love for you to talk about, um, for you creating your own lane and just, this just resonated with me because since we're not believe, we don't really, both of us think balance is pretty bullshit <laughs> and life is like a series of ebbs and flows it's up and it's down and it's up and it's down um when you're creating your own lane regardless of how far you are in your career or your journey in any in any capacity i think the best thing is how, how do you figure out what you're obsessed with like you know for somebody and i guess maybe it's just listening to what people like what what are you obsessed with i'm just very curious like if i asked that what would be the first few things that came to your head for me for me personally for you personally yeah um for me it goes to my values and that's where um that's the first step in which people need to understand that's the foundation of of, of really creating that uh that lane is understanding what's important to you that's a big difference between what you want to do what goals you have you got to most people need to take a step way back. And this is what a lot of things that I work with people on and helping, and helping them create their game plan for themselves in their life is understanding what matters most to them. What are their values? I mean, we, we see a lot of companies all the time and, and they have their core values on the, on the board and they've got that stuff, right? Here's our values. But most people don't have their own individual set of values. And um, for themselves, they don't have their own, hey, here's my core values, my tried and true. And for me, it's number one is to be authentic, be authentically me, um, be unapologetic about who I am and the mission that I'm on and never, and never betray other people in a bad way. Like just do the right thing. And that's important for me is, and each of my core values which are extremely important in my aspect of my life is because I lived on the opposite end of those at times. I was not, I was not authentically myself. I was trying to be all things to all people. So it's so important that whatever I'm doing is when an opportunity 
is presented to me, it has to align with my strategy, which is all around my values. It's the way I want to live my life. You know, and a lot of times it that's that's what gets confusing for people is they mistake the what for the how. Here's what I want. Yeah, but how do you want to live your life? That's the mo- that's the important question. When when that becomes sound and set, the what is really easy. Actually, you get to wipe a th- wipe a lot of things off the table because it's easy to find the what's that align to your hows of your values. Second thing for me is playing with passion. I want to do everything I'm doing with so much, so much passion, so much having so much fun in the process. Um, like not being corny, we get one shot at this. I just want to have fun in life. Like I really want to have fun with my team. I want to have fun with my family. I want to have fun with my work. I just I want to have an amazing time doing what I'm doing. Even if it's hard work, I want to have, I'm sweeping. If I'm cleaning up, I want to have a great time. Uh, the third thing for me is practicing what I preach. Um, that's, there's nothing more that I dislike from other people who are saying things, but they're not living it. And I don't want to be that person who's, who's not practicing what they preach. I want to be able, and, and I want to speak authentically. I, I speak with more passion when I can share with other people the things that I'm doing. My fourth core value is be a consistent communicator. I think, um, you know, communication solved all problems and is, and creates all problems if not done well. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. I've, I've been through uh, two messy divorces, not myself, but witnessed that from my parents growing up. I've seen that in a, uh, myself not communicating my feelings for years and years of my life and the toll that it takes and the weight that it takes on, on me personally and seen with others. And the last one is to protect my tribe. Anybody that, that I get a chance to meet or connect with. Um, is to is to take care of them, is, is to protect them, is to not feed gossiping, uh, excuses, complaining, and to really protect people, not just at a, a at a physical level, but at a mindset level. And so that's what I'm, that's, if you ask me what I'm obsessed with, I'm obsessed with living that type of life. So it's not a, I'm obsessed with a thing, a what. I'm obsessed with the way of being. I'm obsessed with never, ever, ever breaking those because right now at this stage of my life, that is that to me is everything. And if I can protect those, which is like my goose egg, my my it's my baby, the way I want to live. Yeah. What happens is every experience that I walk into, I feel very much in control. I feel very much um, confident and excited to be a part of those things because I know what's most important. So those. And that way of being is what I'm most obsessed about. Well, you embody it in its entirety. I think that's amazing. Do you feel it took you a long time to find those? I mean, was it your journey getting up to those? You explained a little bit of it, of like not being authentic to yourself and trying to be everyone for everyone um, or everything for everyone. You know, I guess some of the pieces of finding this, like, did it just take time for you? Or did it take that purpose, that passion, that finding it, that sense of self, I guess. I, I'm trying to get the people that are listening to this to feel exactly the way you feel about who you are when you walk into a room. Yeah. You know, for each of those things, Emily, I experienced 180 degree life on the other end. Yeah. So it wasn't like, um, you know, I could write down these things. I could write down a bunch of a, a good, good buzzwords, fancy things that I like, oh, you know, Google core values. What are some things? Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, I like that one. But why I'm so passionate about those is because I've experienced to the depths of pain to the, on the complete opposite of those, yeah. of, being, of being inauthentic to myself, of not doing the right thing, of being involved in the wrong crowds, 
and doing things because it was cool, but I felt like shit doing it. And I did that for so long and I tried to needed to be this person, this cool guy. And I mean, each of those has, uh, I, as I said, 180 degree of living on the other end. And so for people, the practical thing I want to share with people, that's the biggest tip because just like writing, you know, core values for a company is not easy. I mean, a lot of times people will go in and, I mean, I've been hired to help with companies do this. I, that's why I, I really want to do it for a lot of people because I feel like that's the biggest impact that I can help with people individually shaping their lives is to get to the, to get to what you value most, like what you really value most, um, that's hard for people to really do. Now, so there's an exercise that, that I have people do. And I want to share with your, with your listeners because I think it's going to be really impactful for them. And for most people, they say this is the most power, powerful thing that happened in this process is make a list of all of the things that you know you for sure 1,000% do not want in your life. And most people can just like write a novel when that happens. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want, you know, uh, cheating, lying, whatever the case is, right? And they write those because that, that's something that's probably near and dear to their heart of something that happened to them or something that they've witnessed before. And when they make that list, what happens is there's, there's you look at the list and you, there's certain things, three, five, 10, that really stick out to you, that are like almost painful to, to yeah. see because you're reliving why that's so important or why that's so you know, bad for you. And typically your core values are on the opposite end of that. Like that's, you know, if, Lying is something that you know you, you hate, you do not want. Well, probably someone's been lied to in a pretty bad way. Someone's been burned pretty bad, right? Of of being, um, you know, of of just being so flat and not speaking their voice. You know, that's that's probably taken a big toll on on a day to day basis. Um, and what happens is that people become, you know, imprisoned to bars that they put up themselves over time is because that's what they've tolerated for so long. And in life. You know, it's a very, it's one of the most powerful Tony Robbins quotes that I, I love. You don't get in life that you want, you get in life that you tolerate. So when you understand that you're the problem, then you can, then you will also understand that you're, you're the solution and you can start to, to, to break these things up. And so then by then creating a whole new set from the things that you won't tolerate, what are the things that you will only accept going forward? And I think that, that little bit just helps people get their mind right into, I got to know what I don't want for sure. Good. That's great. Let's wipe that off the table because that's not going to happen anymore. The most pain point ones, we're going to start to create the ones that, that matter the most. And so that was really the process that I started creating for myself years and years ago. And then, um, it, then it, but then it's, it's the discipline of sticking to it, right? It's not to say that, oh, I'm, I've got values. Life is a yellow brick road now. Like, it's fine. There's no problems. Yep, yep, freaking right. You know, it's, you get challenged. And, uh, but it's good because that's what makes you stronger when you start to, to beat those tests. I love it. You said it exactly well. I mean, it's perfect because we are, if, you know, it's sounds so simple to like put these feelings that we have that are so real and these frustrations we have, um, that can weigh us down so much to just say, sometimes it's just our experiences that we've had. But if you dig into it, I mean, when you look at anybody that struggles with sticking with something or relationships or commitment or focus, it's usually just because we have told ourselves a story that's not true. And then now we now believe it. And it's, it's just like what I said this morning, it's like, you can seriously rewrite everything. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, for you, I guess, um, when you're, when you're looking at what you don't like, and one of my favorite things is like, 
when I try to help people find their passion and it's just this, that purpose, because that is so much how we can connect with everything, with everyone. I mean, it, finding our passion, finding our purpose was so important when you were in your journey of that. I mean, when someone says, what do I do to start finding that? It's exactly, I think the easiest thing is go through what you've been through. Like, what is your pain and how have you overcome that? And I think that that's ultimately probably what you went through and exactly why I'm doing what I'm doing is we went through some sort of pain and one went through something that we don't want other people to experience. And if we can somehow convert them or at least teach them that there's another way, that is what we do on our platforms. It's just so cool. It's like, I love that. Yeah. And it's, and, and, you know, you talked about this earlier about, you know, the word gratitude. And I think that, um, for a lot of people, they, they look at the gratitude aspect of like, you know, I'm grateful for, you know, I'm grateful for the, the sun outside. I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my car. I'm grateful for my house. And, and I really want to challenge people to, to, to redefine or, or look at things from a different perspective, right? Sometimes we use one word, but maybe it, it means another word. So those are a lot of things I look at I'm really thankful for. For me, the gratitude piece, which really changed my complete mindset and attitude towards a lot of things, was being grateful for all of the negative, quote unquote, experiences that happened in my life. Because only then do I really now appreciate other experiences that are positive in my life. It was, that didn't happen until I became grateful of all the bad experiences in my life. And, you know, I'm so grateful of, of, you know, witnessing a divorce or bankruptcy or, um, or, you know, having a, a death of a, my stepfather suicide. I mean, I'm not happy that happened, but that experience, it, it, it taught me a lot. Um, and it shaped me. And although when we're going through those bad experiences, we're never like, oh man, I'm never in the heat of a shitty moment. Like, I'm so grateful for this right now. That's never going to happen, right? Yeah. But what happens is when we can step away from that and time allows us to process and, allow, and allows us to get, gain a different perspective and, and we use that to teach us a lesson, we become grateful for those dark times where we'll start to really appreciate the opportunities that we have or the light that's in our life. And I think that's where um, I want to encourage people is to, is to look back in that past, right? And look back at those dark times and use those as the greatest lessons and learning experience. And what I'm sharing is something that's, it's, it's the hardest thing to do for anybody. Who wants to relive that? Who wants to go, who wants to, to go through that again? But to me, that was, that's what, that's what inspired my growth internally, personally. Um, impact wise was when I was able to sit in that dark place, learn from it, understand it, not just pour dirt over it and be like, oh no, it's gone it's in the past. I, I, let me forget about it. <laughs> you know, it's, is when I went toe to toe with it. And, um, and that was really what unlocked a lot of that passion that was covered up. I mean, I'm covering up bad stuff, but I'm covering up also that passion in between because it's not allowing me to really share my truth, um, and my authenticity with people. So Oh, that's good. I think it's uh, pro it's probably getting worse with our attention span getting worse and kind of yeah. this, you know, like monkey brain that we have and avoiding. And if it, we ultimately, you know, at any time we're trying to like 
avoid feeling in the moment. It's because we're avoiding the way that moment's going to make us feel, or we're just conditioning ourselves to avoid the moment. And it's usually because we're trying to avoid feeling uncomfortable or feeling, you know, not kind of icky. I always say icky for my clients. Like what, you know, you feel like that ick, it's just sitting on your chest and the, the, our natural instinct as humans is to run away from that. And it's, it's so true. Exactly what you said happened to me because it was the first time I became obsessed with personality than why I was the way I was. I don't think I ever would have done it if it wasn't for being on reality TV and having to talk about it. I was miserable. I hated it. I wanted, I tried to run away from the house three times because I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever. But I had to sit and I had, they had to say, why did you react this way? How did this make you feel? You know, it was like just intense, horrible therapy. Like it has to happen in order for you to understand why you respond to situations the way you do and why you, why you aren't wanting to be in the moment. That's the only way growth happens. I just love that you said that. Yeah. It, and I think that's, you know, you, that was a situation, right? Where you're forced to do it, right? The obviously being on a show and things like that, that's, that's great. You're so grateful that you had to, it was, it was, did you want to do it at the time? Hell no. I mean, it was, no. <laughs> you know, that's the thing is nobody wants to do a lot of these things, but we just understand the deeper we go, the, the more of an opportunity we have to grow. And it's, and it's just logic with everything else, right? The bigger the resistance, just like lifting weights, the bigger the resistance, the bigger the load, the bigger the opportunity for us to grow. And it's, um, but there's this now this giant cleanup inside that people need uh, to really do. And so I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying it at all as matter of fact, like, oh, hey, people just go out and do this. I, I, I'm empathizing and, and, and this is extremely hard work. This is the biggest work that has the, the hugest ROI, not just within yourself and the way people see themselves every single day, but giving a chance to be more connected to their passion, their purpose, their potential. It's, it, it clears so many, uh, so many roadblocks in terms of relationships, enhancing those with, with, with other people. And not just like having a great, hey, we're having a great conversation. No, just the way you see other people. I mean, you know, it's not toxic gossip. And I think some people have this, these you know, gossip or, or, or haters or whatever the case is, that's just projecting so much insecurity and internal work that needs to be done. And I say that because I've been on that other end. Like when I was that person years and years and years ago, it was because I had so many insecurities. I would try to cover it up by shitting on other people. And the reality was, I mean, I mean, that was my, those were, those, those were my issues that I needed to deal with, but it's easy, right? It's convenient. Like it's convenient to gossip. It's convenient to, to say something about somebody else, but what's convenient isn't going to help you grow. You know, the courage, the other C that needs, that needs to really happen is to go within. And, uh, um, but I think people, you know, it's a readiness thing. I think that, that, that when the pain becomes bigger than the problem, I don't think it's for everybody. A lot of people say, oh, you know what, let me give this, give this a shot. I think when it really happens is when the pain becomes bigger than the problem. Mm. I mean, there's a problem, but most people it's maybe lukewarm. And then they realize that like, dude, I'm at rock bottom. And I think that's, that's the best, that, that is where I feel is better for people to be like, get to rock bottom as quick as possible. Then warm <laughs> land ain't going to change anything because it's like not that bad. It's not that good. It just doesn't inspire you to really make a move. Yeah. It's, it, you, you live in this try mode. Like I'll try that. I'll dabble in this. I'll attempt this, but there's no, it's like when you own your own business, you have to succeed, right? You, you get to that point where you're like, this is do or die. And so yeah. that, and it's as much as I hate it because I, 
oh God, I want so badly for people to think in a preventative way. That's like why we are the way, you know, the big picture of our healthcare issues. It's because we don't think preventative because it has to get to that point. But at the same time, regardless of your goal, if you get to that point, that is an incredible place. It's an incredible launching pad and it's the best clients and the best place to be. So I totally agree with that. Um, how do you get somebody to be just out of curiosity? I have the tendency and I am a little bit better at this and I don't take it on, but I'm such an empath. How do you get people to be more ready when they're just not ready? Is there a trick to this? Is there, um, any sort of, I'm thinking in particular corporate wellness. So corporate wellness is something that I like want so badly to tackle. And I love, I love doing it in the ways that I do it, but there's, it's still at the end of the day, if they're not ready, they're so not ready. You know, this is just something that their company is telling them to do. So I'm curious as far as, um, people that are like maybe on the fence or maybe in this, like, that would be nice to have, but not a necessity. How do you speak to those people? Do you just wait or do you, is there ways that you can help think, make them think bigger? It's a great question. And, um, and I believe this, if somebody shows up, they're ready. Like if somebody, like, if I, you know, I talk to our team all the time. Um, when somebody comes in for a tour, that person's ready. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not searching. They're not like, they're not, oh, I just want to come get, gain some information. Right. So I'll talk in terms of people touring a facility or people coming and sitting down to your lecture in a corporate, in a corporate wellness is they're ready. And the reason why I say that is because dude, nobody goes into any room if they're, if there's not an ounce of like interest or readiness, like I'm not going to go look at Lamborghinis if I'm not really ready to buy a Lamborghini. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not just like, you know what? I'm going to just go over and check out the Lamborghini lot, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but if I'm slightly interested, I may look at another car, you know, because I'm ready. I just need a push. Now that push comes in. These are where great salespeople, I think, um, really got it dialed in is, as I said before, people make a change when they're, when their pain is bigger than the problem. So a lot of times to get people ready faster is you expose a pain they didn't even know they didn't even know they had. Yes. Yes. And this is so true. It's like, let's talk about bug bites. Let's talk about uh, this headache that you have. Let's talk about dropping energy. You just are like, they're like, oh, that's not normal. And then you're like, yes, maybe I could get them more into that, into this. I love that. <laughs> and that's where, I mean, I mean, I'm throwing a, a total false example, right? Where you could be, you know, there's, um, you know, sitting down. Did you know that what happens is sitting down, there's, you know, 2000 accumulating, uh, um, like bed bugs that get required in your cloth of your seat. And if you sit down too much, you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that that was a thing. You're like, oh no, it's a thing. <laughs> now, I'm not saying you make up crazy shit like that. But the point is, is it's saying there are certain things that aren't made up that people just don't know. They, they become ignorant to, right? Or naive. Um, and that's really the, the job as somebody like us is to come in and say, let me first, let me first educate you so that, hey, I'm just speaking in facts. Like this is the reality, right? This is the stats so that I, I'm coming with some basis, not, not here's what you need to do, need to do. Nobody wants to listen to anybody who starts off leading first, right? Until that, until a person come in and, and can really listen. Now, I think it's important to understand any audience you're speaking into. Hey, what are their, what are the typical pain points of this group of corporate wellness, um, of people who are working at a desk job or somebody who comes into your facility? By screening them first, you will understand. Okay, here's what here's what's going on in their life. Yeah. 
then you bring in the information accordingly to them and, and to probably what they don't even know, as I said, they don't even know. And then when you create understanding the, the, the pain in that about why that's a problem if they don't fix that fast, it's no different than you taking your car into the shop and you're like, ah, oh, I need to get this snow change. And the guy's like, you know, you know what? You got your carburetor muffler. I don't know crap about cars, but you know, they're like, and you're like, this, this is really good. And you're like, oh shit. And you're like, is that bad? And you're like, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it can cause the radiator valve to mess with this. And you're like, okay, yeah, fix it. $800 later. Yeah, totally. You just don't know. You didn't know what you didn't know. Yep. And um, I think it's the same way in our aspect. Like, that's why we have to become educators. We have to, we have to educate people. We have to empower people. Um, not just entertain people all day long. Oh my God. I'm so happy you just said that. I've had the biggest epiphany. I it was watching and I love Barbara Streisand. I, I'm not saying anything bad about Barbara Streisand, but she was on Bill Maher the other day and I was a little disappointed in Barbara Streisand's approach to politics because I was like, oh my God, this is going to be so good. And then I realized this, I'm going on such a tangent, but the point being there's educators and there's entertainers and there's, there's been, and I think reality TV was actually the crux of this crossover uh, when this happened, you know, real world being one of the first ones, but we no longer have a solid definition of who is there to entertain me and who is there to educate me. And I do think you can be someone entertaining and an educator and you can be somebody that educates and also an entertainer. But I, I want people to demand more than just saying this person entertained me, therefore they must be right. And I just, uh, it's so frustrating because I don't know if that exists right now. Yeah. And it's across the board. I think in every industry, you know, when you look at politics, you can look at um, fitness definitely. Right. And you look at like, Oh man, um, somebody doing a bunch of crazy stuff and they're like, Oh man, look, look at what this person is doing. Um, Yeah. But it's like, that's, you could say like, you know, they're, they're standing on one leg on a stability ball while juggling and, you know, fire coming out of their mouth. Like, oh, this is crazy. It's like, yeah, but that's entertainment. Like, it's like training, but it's entertaining, right? It's nobody's really going to do that. So there is a, but that, I think there is a fine line. I think there's an opportunity. I think the ones that really, um, really uh, get a chance to, to grow and make that, you know, and grow in their, in their impact and their following have kind of found, found that balance. Right. Some people just take the sole route of being the educator. Um, and that's fine. I think that that for longevity is going to really provide a lot more practical value and insight to people than just a quick little nugget of, oh, that's cool. That's funny. Okay. On to the next one. I think, you know, whenever you're building on a foundation of education, you're setting yourself up for the long term. I think over time, bringing in some personality, making it fun, making, you know, it's not, not entertaining to laugh at, but like, okay, I can. I can get behind that analogy or I can do it in a very simple way or that looks fun. That can looks- you talk, talk about your Instagram TV? <laughs> you're, you're dressed up as a cheerleader. Oh yeah. 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 They, <laughs> I get dressed every year because for, you know, uh, every, you know, I, I always wear, the, I always wear a wig for uh, probably, you know, because I'm losing all my hair. Um, so I, it's my one day to have a full lush head of hair, but yes, <laughs> we did uh this year we did the guys were the cheerleaders and the girls were the jocks and um so that was it was pretty pretty status quo Halloween around here but then I was like you know what I want to do like a like like a kind of reality of Instagram (laughs) (laughs) it's not even girls by the way that's a crossover I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make a basic bro video here pretty soon too about like 
guys are just as guilty of all that stuff. First and foremost, so I'm not blasting girls by any means. I, I think maybe, there might be more guys more guilty of it. Um, so yeah, so we just had a lot of fun with um, uh, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of fun with that. That was uh, good. That was entertaining, and I, I totally agree. There's there's a way to do both, and I think it's just about making sure that you are. Maybe it's just making sure you're being educated first. And I know Mary talks about this a lot. Like hold yourself to a standard, like you know, if you expect some good in this world, you have to start with you. Like you have to hold yourself to this level of who am I supporting and who am I following and who am I engaging with? Because it matters. It it seems so simple, but it does really matter in a way, in a bigger way, even though it sounds kind of silly, but everyone, his Instagram is coach Brian Nunez. Is it one N? Is it Brian and then Nunez? Yeah, Brian and then Nunez. So my first name and last name. And I think what, you know, that piece right there and just, you know, piggybacking off what Mary said, holding to a standard. I think the standard is, I'm not saying what the standard is for everybody, but whatever your standard is, um, like one of my standards is like all in Hunter, dude, I like, I had to go all into that girl character. <laughs> you were all in. <laughs> I had to go all in, you know, I had to be a hundred over one to be committed to Brianna. That was you know? good. Oh, so. So it's, I mean, th- things like that, right? Those, those standards of like, hey, what's your standard, you know, commitment, consistency, like, um, you know, because what's important is, is the way you do one thing has got to be the way you do everything, whether, whether you're educating somebody, whether you're speaking on a platform and, you know, like people see a video right before that. And I'm like speaking on stage to a couple hundred people. And then it's like, where does this, where does this funny video come from? And it's, it's kind of a, it goes back to the how I want to live type thing that we talked about, right? And so just that's the way you do one thing is the way to everything. Just be all in, like go at it, um, have fun with it when it's time to have fun, party when it's time to party, um, work your ass off when it's time to work your ass off, focus when it's time to focus, listen when it's time to listen, shut up when it's time to shut up. I mean, it's all those things, you know? And so, um, uh, yeah, but it, it's, you know, that's the standard I think that, you know, people really got to hold for themselves be all in what was your focus of the day today or your most recent one my focus of the day today was around uh three words clarity unity and speed for uh for me that's really big as far as we we do all of our we're finalizing all of our 2019 stuff um all of our for the whole year getting everything dialed in and so that that clarity piece is really important not just for myself but for my whole team so that everybody knows not just what our roles, responsibilities are, where we're trying to go, the vision at a higher level, um, you know, what each in the per- which what each person is really, where their lanes are, where they're running. The unity is important, right? So that we're all on the same page, all, all together. We know somebody's doing one thing, we have each other's back. And that speed is, um, is a big thing for us is because when we get those first two dialed in, you know, speed is, speed really is the new name of the game. Who can, who can produce things the fastest, who can put things out the quickest, um, who can deliver value to people uh, faster. And uh, that for us is a big, like that's where my head is at for this whole week. And each day it's like, okay, and uh, after this, I go into our team meeting with our leadership team and, and everybody's going through their respective plans and we beat those up and we're going to gain a lot of clarity and a lot of insights, but we're going to work together. And so, um, so see, there's a, that's how I look at like what's going on in my life right now, what's going on this week, what's going on. So how am I going to win today? And I think that's, I created that, that intention is, is, is part of creating my scoreboard for the day. Yeah. You're like, at the end of the day, it's like, 
I'm going to see if I'm how I win or lose, but I need to know one way or another. Totally. I got to create a scoreboard. I love that. It's kind of going into your lane. That is your lane. That is your goal. There is no even time for, it's just so, so important for people to know this. The focus of the day. I'm going to start doing this, by the way. Love it. Love it. Yeah, please do. I love seeing people when they, they tag me in their stuff. It's it's really cool. Yeah, I've, I've been seeing some of them too from all over. I think you had one from Egypt. Yeah, so all over the world. Yeah, somebody uh, um, tagged me one this morning. Um, yeah, I don't I don't always repost everybody's because then it flood. flood uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, who are these all like, random people? But it's just really cool, you know, just, you know, give people and just show support. I think that people who do that a lot, they're like, hey, I started doing these focus of the days and God, I just feel, I just I feel, have so much clarity. I mean, that's the most important thing to start having more freedom within your life is clarity, like clearing the fog, direction, you know what you want, you know what you're trying to accomplish. Clarity is a very powerful C word. And it's so good because it's day to day. It's not this like, so often we get caught up in month goals or year goals, but it's how is today going to make you come out better on the other side? I love that. Uh, who, who's influential for you? Who are some of your people? Because uh, I know since we already have this married connection, I'm so curious because I want to make sure that I follow all of them and connect with them because I think we'd get along with the same crew. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a, at a high level, I'm a, I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. I started going to his stuff probably 10 years ago. Um, so I, I love, I love his message. I think I really got, look, if there's one person I really look up to in this that personal development space, it's, it's him just being able to, I don't know if you've ever been in one of his, his, uh, events, but you want to talk about mastery, a level of conditioning of, of serving a guy can go on straight for hours. So, you know, he's a big one for me this past year, a big catalyst for my growth was a guy by the name of Grant Cardone, who is, um, you know, he's written many books. The 10 X rule was one of them. That book single handedly made me ten, literally 10 X, like everything I was doing. Um, is it called the 10 X rule? The 10 X rule. Yeah. Um, I've read it seven times this year. Uh, <laughs> well, listen to it. I like, it's his voice. So it's great because oh, I love that. Very like practical and raw. And so I'm like, always listen to like when I'm working out or going for a run. I'm like, I need, I need a little grant in my ear right now. So that to me, that, that was a big one. Um, that was a big one for me uh, at, at more of an, an industry level. Uh, a mentor of mine, Todd Durkin, has always been really, really impactful and powerful for me. And so he was on actually the TV show, uh, NBC Strong, a couple of seasons ago or yeah. a couple years ago. Um, so he was really big for me early on in my career. And so um, that's in the industry space. He's been kind of that role model for me where I, I really you know, looked up to him 10 years ago, have a great relationship with him now. Um, as a friend, colleague, and, and get a chance to, to connect with him. But he's, yeah, he's great. He's doing some amazing stuff in San Diego, does mentorships. You know, he's, he's really big in the fitness industry, um, really leading a lot of trainers. And so, uh, so yeah, those are, you know, the highest level I'm like Tony guy. Yeah. Um, this level, you know, at, at productivity and getting my, getting my shit together and like, like thinking bigger is, was Grant for me. I'm going to read that. I'm going to get that out of yeah, Oh my gosh. I tell you, yeah, yeah, you got to read it. It just, it, it, it's so simple and so practical, the stuff. Um, but it wakes you up to be like, let's go. Let's start taking action. And so, um, so yeah. Cool. Okay. I got one more question and then I'll let you go. Um, I ask all my guests this, do you have a spirit animal? So <laughs> I do. Well, 
I, I knew you were going to ask this actually. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't even know how to find a spirit animal. Now I was thinking, right. I'm thinking to myself, like, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm probably like a bear, you know, or I'm a wolf or I'm, I'm like, I'm like trying to think of like these cool, like badass animals. And then, so, so you know, um, this morning I Google, I said, I don't even find a spiritual animal. And so I found some things. I'm trying to do my homework and get prepared, right? This is awesome. Uh, and so I'm like, okay, let me take a couple of quizzes, right? So I'm taking a couple of quizzes and I'm like answering these questions. Like, you know, do you thrive off big level thinking? Are you adaptable? And I'm like, yes, yes. And I'm thinking in my head, like, man, oh, lion, tiger, like some savage animal. And it says, <laughs> ding, your spirit animal is a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm like, what? A butterfly? And this is okay. Now, I want to tell you this real quick, okay? Because this is so, this is so uh, powerful. I'm like a butterfly, and so I'm, 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 you know, reading the stuff, and it's as I'm reading more and more about it, I'm like, man, this is like, you know, how a butterfly constantly goes through, through, through changes and elevations. You know, my book is elevate the great and can constantly um, go through these go through these rough elevations through smooth transitions and then involved and they do it very gracefully and they're constantly looking um, for turnover and I'm you know so a lot of this stuff is resonating with me and I'm starting to think my daughter yesterday so this is the trippy part because one of the other things is you got to like sit and meditate and like it'll come to you yeah my daughter yesterday um, she said dad look at this I made a butterfly I made a butterfly catcher. And, um, and I was like, butterfly? I was like, Bella, it's not butterfly. I don't think the butterflies come out right now. I think that's, they, I don't think they're, they're out this time of year. And, uh, and her grandma was like, yeah, they're not out this year. She's like, yeah, but it's a really cool butterfly catcher. Let's just keep it. Um, let's just keep it in case we find a butterfly. Maybe we can go searching for some butterflies. Uh, I, I, I shit you not, this, you know, this happened. So cool. And so, um, and so then you start like, you know, then my reticular activating system starts going off yes. and it's like my focus is like gee, 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 like so um so i i don't guess my spirit animal is a butterfly all right i just read it i'm gonna read it to you uh so this is the book that i have with stephen farmer so he's this shaman that i had on the podcast and he created this book and it's just a short blurb on the butterfly and i think this is you i'm smiling so big by the way because you did your this like research and did that. I appreciate that so much. Um, you have a profound appreciation for the natural cycles of life, death, rebirth that occur within and around you. You have a great deal of vitality with um, colorful tastes in clothing, decor, art, friends. You're attractive to others. People are drawn to you. You can't be flighty, but and don't generally form strong attachments to other people. I don't know about that one. You don't do well in harsh or toxic environments. You have to live where air and water are clean and you adjust to change very readily and easily. Yeah, I would say that's spot on. <laughs> that's a, I'm going to send that to you. <laughs> I think all those, you know, even, even, even the, even the, uh, the, the attachments. The strong attachments. Yeah, I think that one, I mean, it's, um, I, I really appreciate when people are in my life. I really appreciate the time I'm with them. Um, uh, but it's the law of detachment, law of spiritual success from Deepak Chopra. That's, um, I think it's law number six or seven. It's one of my, that one always stuck out to me is that law of detachment. Like I used to be so like with girlfriends or heartbreaks or friends, they would crush me when things were gone. Right. And I think just being able to embrace like, Hey, let me, let me embrace this time we spent together. 
Um, but it's everything in life has a shelf life. And I've really understood and embraced that now. And that's saying when people go down different paths, it's not good or bad. It's just the, it's just the evolution of, of where that journey took us. And so uh, now it's much more at a place where when somebody moves on, whether that's an employee or friend, it's like, hey, wish you the best. And I'm like, I actually am pretty detached from, uh, from holding on to that. So look yeah. at you, you butterfly. Yeah, I'm a butterfly. <laughs> I'm a butterfly. Can we do a spirit animal video someday? Yeah, yeah that's going to be my next video. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's actually making an entertainment video on that. Uh, yes, yeah, not, not the not the lion or the tiger or the bear I I imagined, but the butterfly it is. I the will butterfly go. is. I love it. Well, it's what you preach. It's what you do. You teach people how to change and how to use something that might have been terrifying, like I don't know being in a cocoon and then just learning how to make their best life. So I am just so grateful for your time. And um, besides Coach Brian Nunez on Instagram and your gym, FNS Training Center on Instagram, uh, where else can people find you? Um, on my website, briannunez.com. I post a lot of stuff on there as well. Perfect. Um, and yeah, that's where they can send me stuff, questions, inquiries, things like that. Perfect. Uh, man, I wish we had our video the whole time. I had to turn it off. But thank you again for being on this. Perfect. Yay. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. I'm really excited that we got to connect. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you as well.